0: Big Will, the old Heavy Hole podcast uh, over there. Uh, Tom, how you doing, bud? Doing real good. Oh, ho, ho, real yeah. Real good over here. Yeah, a couple of beers in. No, I'm just playing around. It's the Heavy Hole podcast. I'm Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. I will do the alphabet backwards at the end of the episode. Just for I won't.
1: I'm going to keep drinking.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. I'm the designated host. Uh, co-hosts can always drink. That's our rule here.
1: Yeah, and uh, I,
0: as an engineer... <laughs> well you do that in your your part time? I'm here I'm right
1: now. Look at this. Look at this Pro tool session. Now. I'm not around for
0: the nerd stuff. Oh,
1: okay, uh, I just said it. it's like it's the worst thing in the world to get drunk and try to talk like technical stuff at a bar. With it's Just like you ever heard of <laughs> Garage Band? <laughs> Never goes well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. Oh, if if you if you ever tried to do that with a woman uh, at a bar, turn around quick turnaround don't do yeah. that
0: yeah it's well it's like those memes that you know are going around like the guy the guy talking into the girl's ear and she's just horrified yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, i've been was... that guy a few times
1: cuz you know a few shots in everyone looks the same
0: yeah, well, yeah, Your understanding
1: of, like, bitrate is probably exactly what I think it is. I'm just like, no, this,
0: this band, like, they're, they're, I know like I know you're <laughs> thinking Christian death metal sounds weird, but it's it makes total sense because there's this band Mortification, and their first two albums were kind of super technical and different, and, like, the guy, you know, he really took it, he loves death metal, too, and you know by that time I like they're like sir please leave the church as soon as someone
1: like looks kind of metal around me i get drunk and then i start to explain that the song bleed by mashuga isn't triplets even yeah. though everyone thinks it's triplets <laughs> it's not triplets as soon as
0: i as if i'm in a non metal like if i'm not at a metal show or what, a rehearsal of one of my like if i'm somewhere not expecting to see metalheads and i see like a metalhead in the wilderness i actually always, at all times i have a big dogs brand t-shirt that I put on so I could just look like a normal fat Long Island dude. Oh, dude. Uh, Cuz I am not doing it, dude. I'm I I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm not do- Oh yeah, what bands do you like? What yeah. bands? No. I like to blend no. in too, but yeah. I will say I am reversing
1: course on that a little bit as I was going through all my t-shirts this week and there're all these shirts in there, all these death metal shirts, heavy metal shirts and stuff that I don't Ew. wear anymore. I don't, Ew. I don't wear them because the sleeves suck. The sleeves make, you know, they're like these extra bat wings on the side. It's just like, this isn't how a clothes is supposed to fit. So I was considering tossing a bunch out, but instead I said, you know what? I'm going to figure out how to fix sleeves. Use a sewing machine and make the sleeves fit the right way. Wait a minute.
0: Because you had me, you threw me for a loop. Yeah. Your associates and yourself, Justin and you guys, you, you have a thing where you kind of uh, get together in a clandestine way and cut the sleeves off of your T-shirts. That's true. While engaging in uh male bonding ritual. Yes. Yes. This is uh, usually it's at least one shirt on a meal. Yeah. My arms, my upper arm area is why they make sleeves. because I, There's like patches of hair. I don't want to get into it, but it's just not, it's like... It's like those pro. Re- it's it's like King Kong Bundy. Like I'm like I'm like I'm not like Macho Man big. Like I'm like uh, uh, King Kong Bundy or Bam Bam Bigelow big. Like you want to right? Like, but they, cover it up. I mean, but whoever's designing these shirt blanks,
1: I, I, they need a good spanking or something because Ooh. like you have shirts. Like you have, I own many shirts. You have large biceps. Now uh, I won't describe what's in the bicep area, but. I've seen shirts on you that have a little too much
0: give, mm-hmm. and you have
1: a large size there. Why? He's, who? Who's that
0: for? The ladies, obviously. No, it's they the, want the to tight, sh- man. They um, see
1: squeezing out like a sausage.
0: Joke, joking? Off. Look, that's what I'm getting. at. And dude, when when you're a man of a certain size, you're just happy that they make shirts in 3x and 4x nowadays. Because there, sure. there was an There This is an era. This is an, mm-hmm. an uncanny era. In debt in to, to quote the rapper AZ, this is un, an uncanny era um, where you can attain shirts in I'll, what I'll call American sizes, good old Walmart yeah. American sizes. Um, and uh, growing up in the 90s and into the early 2000s, the early 2000s was tough because a lot of your friends who were metalheads as teenagers or hard to hardcore as teenagers. Once the two thousands hit, they gravitated towards like girl jeans and comb over haircuts. Yeah,
1: that was uh, the the weird. That was quite an extreme reaction to the uh, new metal look.
0: I mean, I was like, I listened to Dillinger Escape Plan's first album too, but I don't feel the need to dress like, uh, like a like Marilyn Manson's backup keyboard player or whatever the fuck. I mean, God bless people who
1: do that in public. I don't get it. But you can do whatever you want, it's just yeah. gotta fit well that's that's my gripe, and that's why instead of throwing out all these shirts, some of them you don't want to cut the sleeves off for the record because if it's a, like if it's an extra large on me, I got like a very long torso true not that big of a chest, not giant mm. shoulders or anything like that. So if I take an extra large and I cut the sleeves off, it looks like a bib. yeah, but what I can do is fix the sleeves, and now the shirt looks like really good. So this shirt you're wearing right now, you fix the sleeves? I actually use this one as a reference, because this one came good. Jesus Christ. So I use this as the reference. So all my metal shirts fit like this now. Wow.
0: I, uh, I'm actually phasing out anything in my wardrobe except for Reebok sweatsuits. I have three That's of them now. Too. Three of them now. That's right? for
1: public wear. Oh, by the way, most of these shirts I'm wearing to the gym. I'm That's
0: only, I, I'm I, only wearing, I'm wearing jeans today, because mm-hmm. it was like snowing and raining out earlier. Like I, yeah. but other than that, it's pretty much all sweats for the rest of my from here on out. The sweats are um, they're key, but getting those wet,
1: man, that sucks.
0: Yeah, and they in 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 the hotter weather, you got to switch the the uh bas the end one basketball shorts. Shout out to Terrell. Terrell and I were talking about that on a recent episode. The Terrell, uh, uh Terrell Terrell, Terrell our co host from uh Thetis and from Reeking Aura, end one basketball shorts. You can probably get them at Walmart. Yeah. Uh, Walmart all over the country, including Texas, sir. Uh, listen, because right now we're about to cut all the crap. They don't. They don't. They don't handle no crap in Texas. They they kick it right to the curb, um, or they kick it right into the pile. Do I ever tell you about scrap pile? Uh, no. That's no. a. It's a. It's a very interesting, exciting, entertaining, uh, somewhat ignorant, but also brutal, exciting, and maybe even technical band out of texas i'm gonna we're gonna take you into the scrap pile right now tough guy love it no holds barred will from heavy hole podcast and i'm here with jesse and jake from scrap pile of eagle lake texas thank you for the time guys
2: yo what's going on
0: appreciate you man um welcome to heavy hole podcast uh and there's two of you here so like we always do when there's multiple members um we're going to take you guys one at a time and get to know a little bit about you each and then really get into scrap pile and all that so um i guess uh jake maybe let's start with you first um typical question Uh, Are you from a musical family? Any musicians in your family or anyone who got you into heavy metal and hard rock along the way as a kid?
2: Uh, So the only real musician that was from my family, my grandfather on my dad's side dabbled with uh, guitar. He uh, electric acoustic uh, dobro lap guitar. But, you know, he wasn't like a a gigging musician or anything. It was more of a side hobby. I'm really the first actual musician from uh, my family that takes it seriously. But uh, both my parents were avid music listeners. They were uh, very into classic rock, you know, AC, DC, Bon Jovi, all that good 80s stuff. And so I was really into that for a long time. Uh, but the first real metal that I got into uh, came from my theater teacher in high school, Mr. Joe, because he would cut us um, like mixtapes of different stuff because he knew we were into like Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and shit. And so he would cut us mixtapes and it would have like Kiss and Black Sabbath, uh, Rob Zombie, stuff like that. <laughs> and so he gave us a couple of those. And I think he knew what he was doing with kind of uh, the more classic stuff. And then he gave us Pantera's live album. And wow. that, that sealed the deal. The first time I heard um, the super high scream on uh, This Love, it was metal. It was metal it was my new thing forever.
0: Wow. Okay. Now, you got, uh, you guys are from Texas. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just trying to think of a teacher, even a music or a theater teacher giving me Pantera when I was in high school. I mean, in Texas, is that a little bit more of an accepted thing or was it still like, wow, this teacher's pretty cool?
2: Oh, no, it was it was a, kind of an exception because, you know, we're from a really <laughs> small town. Yeah. And uh, everybody's really conservative, mostly in our area. So somebody like that that was into heavy music like that and then, you know, seeing what we were into and kind of showing us what he was into, you know, he really uh really helped us out with, you know, finding new things. <laughs> what Mr. Job, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah,
0: sounds like an awesome teacher, man. It was one of those every once in a while. Um and you, you mentioned you're from a small town. That would be Eagle Lake, Texas.
2: Yeah, so uh we're all from the area of Eagle Lake. I'm from a small town called Sheridan, you know, um very rural conservative area, but um you know, there's probably 500 people in my hometown and maybe a less than 2000 here in Eagle Lake. Okay. All right.
0: So let, let me pause right there and then shift to Jesse, Jesse, same question, musicians in your family or anyone along the way that got you into hard rock and heavy metal music. And I don't know if you guys are actually from the same part of Eagle Lake or if you had Mr. Job too or not.
3: Uh, Yeah. So to answer your first question, uh, yeah, my whole family is just all musicians, you know, mm. from my dad, um, on down to, like, all my brothers and everything. Um, we started, like, a like a Tejano band. We, we did Spanish music. I was brought up from, like, real young, uh, like, 10, 12 years old. And I was in this Tejano band doing drums. And uh, we would gig around here, like, some of our local area. And uh, that's pretty much how I learned doing drums. Now, I remember my brother, one of my older brothers, Michael, he gave me, um, an Avenged Sevenfold album to listen to, City of Evil, and from there, I mean, I was kind of hooked on it, I heard, um, all of, uh, the Rev's drumming on there, and it was a real, like, big inspiration to me, and I think, I mean, if you listen to some of those, like, some of his drumming, and some of the stuff I do, like, I feel like there's a little influence there, because he, he was a heavy inspiration to me, and then, um, I mean, from there on, just, I kind of started doing my own thing, and, uh, from there and pretty much it, uh we went to the same high school. But I didn't have that theater teacher. I didn't do the whole theater. I was more into like the marching band and stuff like that. But I tried to get in that class a couple times. It didn't really work out. I don't think I was that good of an actor. Or <laughs> oh. You win some, you lose some.
0: Okay, so when you got more into heavy metal, was that accepted by your family, or did they want you to yeah, stick with yeah, the more the more traditional cultural music?
3: Yeah, I mean, I am I think I'm very fortunate enough to have a dad who was, like, really accepting of all the, you know, the path I went down. And uh, because, I mean, Tejano versus, you know, death metal is a huge, like, left turn. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's not quite his cup of tea, but, I mean, he's supported me every step of the way. And, I mean, I don't think I can ask for anything more than that, along with, like, the rest of my family, too.
0: Now, I got to ask you this, because it's not every day I get a drummer that comes from... That school of music coming into death metal. Do you integrate any techniques from that? Was there anything coming into learning death metal and heavy metal drums that you felt maybe you were at an advantage uh for because of um uh prior like prior practice playing that genre of music? Um
3: I want to say it was kind of the opposite because I got like I started like, you know, I got all my chops from from playing uh, with my dad and everything, and then the more I got comfortable with that, and then started leaning into like more heavy metal music, I started integrating that kind of stuff with our Tejano stuff, and then sort of huh. vice versa, and I guess it sort of started to meld together and stuff like that. Okay, it's
0: Tejano. It, uh, Tejano. Tejano. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm saying this through a Long Island accent, so you got to give me a yeah, second no, with that. You Tejano. Got it. Uh, all right, man. That's it's just that's interesting to me. So um and then do you guys the the, do the two of you go back to high school and then the the other two guys in the band like are you guys all local friends like how do you how do you guys kind of come together
2: yeah so actually um everybody in scrap pile we all went to high school together uh we're all from from the same area and um we've known each other you know our entire basically from middle school onward And all the way through high school, uh, a lot of us were in uh, me, Jesse and the guitarist were all in marching band together. Uh, A couple of us had theater classes together with that same cool teacher. And um, we weren't like super tight friends in high school. It wasn't really until after high school when we started um, like seriously jamming together that uh, we became more tight knit of a group because we we all knew we were into the same music and we kind of uh, had that bond throughout high school. But then it wasn't until we were all wanting to do an actual music project that we came together and really, you know, started hanging around each other a lot. Okay. And
0: that just uh, to shout them out, that would be uh Jake Miller and Joshua Torres. Um, oh no, you're Jake Miller. I'm
2: sorry. I'm <laughs> no, looking at, uh, so I'm
0: reading off of metal archives right now. Give me, give me no, I'm talking about Kieran Schmidt and uh, Joshua Torres.
2: Uh, So yeah, Kyron, that's actually how you say Kyron, it. Kyron. Okay. Kyron. Yeah. He, so uh, forgive me guys, guitar player. And then uh, Joshua, is our second guitarist and then our original bass player has actually uh returned to the band so we're a five piece again so it's us two Kyron Josh and Jody
0: Got it. Okay, man. Uh, you got You guys got to forgive me there, man. I just met you guys. I try, I try no, to keep the name no. straight, man. That's the hard, for, okay. for me personally, that's one of the hardest things of underground death metal is keeping everybody's name straight and all the different bands when you play a lot of shows and you're out there and like you're meeting people. It's, it's tough, man. Uh, pe- oh, dude. People can't take it personal, especially, you know, especially when you allegedly smoke weed and all that sort of thing, man. People can't take <laughs> it personal. Know, yeah. But, um, Alright, so I gotta I I now speaking of shout out to Metal Archives, um my trustee uh, you know, resources always. I got it they they do more sleuthing than me, apparently. They have you they have the band starting as a band called The Boz.
2: <laughs> okay, yeah, there's a, a kind of a dumb story behind that. <laughs> um so the way it worked out was when we decided to do a like a group music effort, um, we actually it was like this hometown like celebration thing and they wanted, um, some local musicians to play. And so, uh, four of us, five of us, I think four of us, something I like think that. It was all five of us. It might've been all five of us. We got together and, uh, we planned on playing this little hometown festival and we did a whole bunch of, um, like two thousands era music covers. We did like bullet for my Valentine and system of a down. We weren't doing like death metal stuff. And, um, we didn't have a band name. And so when we, we had a group chat and someone uh, did a typo, instead of calling it the boys, they typed the the Boz. And so we thought it was hilarious. So we made that the band name for a while. But actually, um the day of the that little show that we did, we decided on the name Scrap Pile and changed it from there.
0: <laughs> I love it, man. Uh and like all right, now I gotta ask now speaking of naming the band Scrap Pile. Um, the uh, the, the latest uh single, um, when people want to look you guys up, that I, that according to my research, is "Human Pavement" from last June, right?
2: Yeah, that's the newest one.
0: Yeah, I I enjoyed that. There's a lyric video. Was it Slam Worldwide did the you know put the lyric video out?
2: Yep. yeah, so, yeah, did so them.
0: yeah, I encourage the listeners to check that out. Um, you guys, you guys sampled the the trucks, the the industrial truck backing up. <laughs> noise which i <laughs> i i appreciate the listeners know they hear trains in the background every once in a while on my podcast i'm from uh, a very industrial kind of neighborhood with, with you know with with trains and warehouses i grew up in a blue collar family my father drove a truck so i re- that that's something really the combination of brutal guttural death metal and a, a, a truck backing up, you know, OSHA certified safety noise, really, <laughs> r- really, it, it rang a certain bell with me. So I got to ask you guys, being from Eagle Lake, uh, Texas, um, is that a more rural area? Uh, and do any of you guys come from a more blue collar background that might have inspired the name Scrap Pile? Uh,
2: so I'm. It it is a very rural area. Um. And I come from a a total blue collar family. My dad's been a truck driver my entire life. Um, I've worked a lot of hard labor jobs and everything since high school. But uh, actually, Kyron, the guitar player, came up with the name Scrap Pile because me and him would shoot names back and forth for band names. And then one day he was just literally taking scrap to the scrap pile to sell. And it's uh, something dinged in him and he just shot it at me as a band name. And I said, yeah, it sounds dope. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
3: I, it, was a, I, it was a total one and done sort of deal scrap so yeah. pile that send it
0: uh yeah we got a scrap yard uh right right down the um the block from me man people people come up with all sorts of copper <laughs> but we won't get into that man i'm sure it happens all over the place oh, yeah. um all, all right man so so you, so now you guys come together as a, a scrap pile now prior to human pavement um you guys it, it was a gura gura the first single from 2020 so I, I think, think, so. yeah, yeah,
2: because we had put out two demos, crappy demo songs before that, but Gura Gura was the first, I believe, official single that we did.
0: Okay. Now, also, when I talk about my research quickly, I got to shout out the uh, Rob Zip, R O B Z I P YouTube channel where he interviewed you because I, I always credit my research. I know from that, doesn't this single Gura Gura have something to do with uh, a piece of anime? One piece? Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> Uh, okay, because well, well, quickly, I want you guys to get into it. I have, uh, you know, I'm a little bit older. I've never been like like totally into into anime, but it is in my peripheral from some of my friends and you know subcultural kind of context things. I know One Piece is a really popular. Uh, it's a comic book now, right? That's been out for several years now.
3: I think going on about its twenty fifth year mm-hmm. now.
0: Okay, so I'm I'm way behind on that one, man um i mean could you guys maybe i don't want you to break down the whole history of it but you know i mean if you if you want to feel free but but that's something you guys all you you get you named your first single after what's the connotation with the band there what's you know and 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 what is this all about
3: uh so jake and i oh i mean like all of us in the band are like moderate like like nerds basically and you know we like uh video game comic stuff and all that kind of stuff uh jake and i've even Josh, we're like really huge fans of One Piece. And uh, when we were coming up with, uh, with when Kyron was writing this song, he was asking for a sample. And I think, I don't know how it kind of came about. I think we had just finished watching this scene in there and that's the sample in there. And it comes from sort of like a middle of the anime. It's just basically like a big war arc. And uh, I was like, you know what? I think this would be really cool as a sample.
0: All right, man. and I got to mention here now, also, you guys do your own, I don't know that you've done it lately, but you have your own podcast, The Scrapcast, um, that you made many episodes of. People can check out The scrap pile YouTube channel, and I imagine you guys discuss things like this and, and, and other stuff you're into in video games. Yeah. Yeah, I saw you guys have played, like, a, you, you did, like, a like a Twitch stream type of thing. You guys had video game playthroughs on yeah. there and everything?
3: Yeah, we, we tried to give it a go, and we had a little bit more time. Um, <laughs> funny yeah. enough, I think we were just talking about, before we set all this up, trying it again.
0: Yeah, no, I, th- I thought it was cool, because when I was going through the research, I didn't realize there was all that content there, man. You know, so I, I, I was, like, clicking around through it, man. But it, I, the video game thing was cool, because you guys were playing uh, some old-school Mega Man on there, I saw.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah man. Mega Man X3. Yeah, yeah, man, bringing back memories. <laughs> all right, so um, I just wanted to get that out of the way. I thought that was because f- it's always fun to know a little bit about the um, what goes in behind the band and, and the fact that you guys have that podcast kind of is there for people who want to know a little bit more about you guys. Um, so that's all on your YouTube channel along with your, your, your musical content. So in 2021, you dropped the Unnamed EP, um, which it, it seemed like maybe as you – Guru Guru was on there, but some of the other songs on there it seemed maybe we're revealing a little bit more technicality, maybe a little bit more intense, uh, a little bit more ambition. Is that is that fair to say?
2: Yeah, for sure. It's a very um, you know when people hear us uh, now with like the new single and everything and our new music, uh, they go back and listen to the EP. They're kind of uh, I wouldn't say shocked, but you know it's different than what our new material is. It's a lot more technical, uh, a lot more. Uh, yeah ambitious i think would be the right word it's got a it's got a lot of like brutal elements to it but then it does have a lot of tech to it like a lot of um a lot of fast riffing and sweeping and stuff like that
0: yeah there, there's there's tech and you know i got your guitarist isn't here um uh but i i did want to ask this like respectfully I, I mean this in a good way uh, but does new metal factor into the influence in any way? I feel like there's some cross pollination nowadays with the, the like the slam death metal and the brutal death metal of some of the um, the more brutal elements of new metal, you know. And I'm not I'm not saying Limp Bizkit. I'm talking about you know the more respectable bands, your Slipknots of the world, and things like that. Um, I I thought I I might have heard a little bit of that influence in Killed in a Cave, the single uh, that followed that.
2: So actually. Um... So all I believe all five songs on the EP um instrumentally Kyron did, but actually Killed in a Cave was all Jesse instrumentally. He completely wrote that song. So Jesse is actually a very um very talented musical artist. He can play everything. And so uh, like with our new material, Kyron will write half of it, and Jesse writes half of it. He writes guitars, drums, bass, and everything for that on the on Killed in a Cave and Human Pavement. The last two singles we did were all Jesse's writing.
0: Got it, because I hear a difference, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to put one down and put one up or anything. I say that respectfully, but I do hear like a contrast in your sound. That being said, we've kind of covered um the musical releases you guys have put out over the last few years. Uh are you building towards something now? Is there an album, an EP, a split, something we should look forward to?
2: Yes. Actually. Um, uh, i can still uh, I, yeah still we
0: video i yeah we we lost i lost the video but i still i still hear the audio but...
2: i don't know what happened on the video yeah oh there, there we go. go yeah okay uh okay. but for new stuff yeah um so we actually just yesterday um finished a complete full-length new album um, Wow. Huh. it's half half the writing of Kyron, half the writing of Jesse and Jesse did all of the production work on it, the mixing, mastering and everything. It's all in house. He recorded the guitars and everything, uh, did the drums for it. I did the vocals at my house with my little setup, but we have a, a, a full length album that is complete as of yesterday.
0: Beautiful. Uh, wow. So this is, I, I love the timing of this interview <laughs> man. that's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, all right, so is, can you tell us uh, and the, can tell me or the listeners anything about it? I don't know if you want to get it, get into album titles, artwork, if there is a label involved or if it's independent or if you want to keep all that under wraps.
3: I know for sure as far we can do label.
2: Yeah, label for sure. So um, as of, I think, pretty much last year, it's been about a year, uh, we are signed through Ossuary Industries down here. It's an indie label here in Texas. Uh, they've actually he's Brian, the guy who runs it, has done a lot of like underground Texas metal that's gone on to thrive and outside of Texas too, Uh he's he's worked with Immortal Suffering, um, Desecrate the Faith, Waco Jesus. Uh, he's done a lot of really cool bands, uh, Visions of Annihilation recently. Uh, and so we got hooked up with him through a mutual friend. And so he will be he put out our last single under Ossuary. And then this album will also be going under him.
0: Nice, yeah, I'm definitely familiar with that label. Um, obviously very respectable underground death metal label, man. That's great to hear. Uh, and so then moving forward, um, we're we're obviously we're we're here. We got to talk about the Friday, April fourteenth show that you guys are going to be playing more towards my neck of the woods. Um, you guys yeah. are going to be up here in Brooklyn playing the Lucky Thirteen Saloon, uh, Lucky Thirteen Saloon with Immortal Suffering, who you just mentioned. Uh the Crippler a band I'm not altogether familiar with. Is that a band that might be coming on tour with you guys or something
2: or Uh no, so they're from New York or they're not from New York. I, they might be from Pennsylvania, but they are a, a newer group and they just released uh their new album very recently. Uh, Jordan from Immortal Suffering actually recently showed them to me before we put this whole show together.
0: Okay, respect to them um because I I can't keep up with everything, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. man. I'm not. I'm not trying to put them down in any 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 way, shape, or form. I'm obviously gonna check them out now, man. Um, but yeah, uh, mortal suffering, scrap pile, the crippler, and two bands I am very familiar with. Uh, my friends, torturous inception and coronary thrombosis. Two very hardworking bands. Um, that are playing a lot of great shows in New York. So the listeners can put that on their calendar for Friday, April 14th. I did notice when I was on NYC Metal Shows, the website, uh, people go to nycmetalshows.com if they want to know about all the metal shows happening in the next few months in New York or even a little bit up and down the coast uh, around here too. You guys, I'm not trying to psych you out. Unfortunately, you're going to be competing with Head P.E. and Crazy Town a few miles away in Clifton, New Jersey that (laughs) night. So i I had to share that with you man I'm sorry I had to write that down, man. That was my little dad joke moment for the night um but I noticed a little bit closer to your neck of the woods um if people aren't aren't around the New York area if they want to catch you, don't you have a show coming up supporting the convalescence did I get that right?
2: Yes, so that's actually uh our next show here in March March 18th uh the convalescence is coming through on tour and uh, we got asked to open up for them so uh, very nice opportunity because um, I've never seen them live, so it'd be cool to see them live. And this will be our first time playing at a, a House of Blues. We're going to be playing the House of Blues down there in Houston. Nice, nice, man. Good
0: luck with that. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, convalescence, a big look, um, man. That always that that always draws a lot of support. I know, man. That's cool, man. Um, and you guys didn't you play uh, Come and Take It live? Um, at, at least I know you at once for that uh that that Valken Metal
2: Fest uh thing you did. Yeah, yeah, uh. We've been there a couple of times. Um, I think the Valken sh- Metal Battle Show was one of the bigger ones there. And then a couple others were just uh, like local showcases of underground bands.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to to be there once or twice with bands I've been in. Man, I, I enjoy that venue, man. I think it's a cool place. Oh, um, yeah,
2: it's great. It's one of the best places we've ever played
0: definitely man um and now speaking of that i did want to get a little behind the scenes as much as you're uh, comfortable talking about you guys in 2020 when the band was still fairly new competed in the waken metal battle uh and were actually the finalists for austin texas in, in 2020 did i get that that right
2: yeah i believe that's the right year and everything but yeah that's about how it went
0: all right I, i've seen that you know, I've kind of like seen that in passing that that exists. I've never, you know, uh, entered that with any of my bands or no, no, no friends of mine have ever done that. So I wanted to know if you guys could talk a little bit about that process. I'm sure the listeners would would be interested in that too. Like, you know, just just like how you uh uh enter and how you get your band registered, and then like what's how many shows did you actually play as part of that competition?
2: I think it was just two. Yeah, just two. So yeah, when um. When you do it, uh, Jesse can speak more on how to sign up and everything, but so there, uh, whatever city your your regional is in, if you win that, then there's the state final, at usually at come and take it, and then the winner of that goes to the national final, which is in the the Viper room in LA, and then the winner of the national final obviously goes to Germany to play in Bakken. Hmm.
3: And the way that that kind of works is that there's a, there's a panel of judges, I think five or six, something yeah. around that. And uh, as you're there, they're looking at things. Um, I believe it's like stage presence, uh, how much you can control the crowd, um, your music, how well you set up, get on stage, get off, um, stuff like that. You know, they're really looking at almost everything. I think even as far as the kind of equipment that, equipment that you use, you know, how how do you present yourself mm all these sort of things they really get down at the nitty-gritty about it
2: yeah so it was i did actually did get a comment when we didn't win the uh the state final was that um the band that did win um had a lot better equipment than us was one of the factors going into that um so it was it was really weird the first time because um we were the only death metal band that did it it was like us uh there was a metalcore like spanish band that did it that was really cool and then the uh, the one that actually won the state final was a uh, uh, a rock band. It's like a uh, I don't it's a very evanescence type band with uh, clean singing, but like uh, hard rock kind of instrumentals. Uh, Hannah Barackett, who's uh, like an amazing vocalist and everything, but it was just so different than us. And then, you know, these very polished bands go up there and then uh, we're up next with pig squeals and breakdowns <laughs> and riffs.
0: Well, yeah, that's what struck me about it is that you guys are kind of like representing brutal guttural death metal uh, for this thing. Like, I, I wouldn't imagine there's a lot of bands as brutal as you guys competing in this event.
2: Yeah, as far as I've seen, we're definitely <laughs> one of, if not the heaviest band that's that's done a competition like this, at least in the last few years here in Texas. Uh, you know, we've seen like the the rock bands, the metalcore bands. There's been a couple uh, there was a couple thrash bands in there um, that we competed against and shared the stage with. But we were definitely the 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 odd one out, to say the least.
0: I Well, I think times are changing, too, in terms of um the more commercial end of of the, the of the metal and the end of the music industry where death metal. Death metal's back. I mean, you know, you got bands. Uh, you know, all due respect to to the gate creepers and the frozen souls and the sanguisuga bogs of, of the world. You know, whether you like them or hate them, um, my friend Sam Sam Sherick who co-hosts the show, some one time put it put it like this. He's you know he said all you know they all. Um, you know, the, the the all the wave rises, all ships. In other, in other words, you know, if death metal's bigger and there's a bigger audience for death metal, and you're a band trying to work out there and, and trying to you know put in the work out there, it's just more people that you can access in the in the long run. So maybe you know, you guys are um uh, a little bit ahead of the curve there. Maybe there'll be more death metal bands trying to trying to pursue this uh you know this the this, this more commercial route because and I say that you know I say commercial just to speak to what what Vaken is. It's a huge commercial music festival man obviously we'd all love to play that man so kudos to you guys for representing guttural brutal breakdowns and shit there you know
2: Hell yeah yeah i think that was that was a real big reason why we did it was because we were really new uh we'd only done a handful of shows at the time and so we thought (laughs) it would be a great way to get our name out there you know whether people liked us or not they were gonna remember it
0: (laughs) go big or go home man I, i like i like it man so um, so then I guess, I guess you guys, you guys were like finalists for Austin. So you were like, what, two or three steps away from like the, the LA show, the, 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 the national final or.
2: Yeah. So just two steps. So if I we, it, the, the last one that we did, if we had won that one, we'd have gone to LA, but we didn't win that one. Wow. Can you, do
0: you want to say who won? <laughs> is there? Is it was a,
2: it was Hannah Barrack. It was the one that, that won that competition. Okay, man. I don't know. Yeah, so they went, I, I actually, what sucks for them. Is they won the state final to go to LA and then COVID hit. And so they didn't even get to go.
0: Fuck. Okay, man. All right. All right. All right. So and you guys ended up just recording some some cool shit and, and doing your podcast. So yep. all right. All right, man. Um, and then you know you know what I think about, and I don't know this. This is just my ill informed thoughts. I'm not saying this is the fact, but I picture like some of these type of things. You might go to VAC and end up playing it like, you know. 11 a.m. for you know for like nobody you know you never know how how it works out you know with these these things um
2: actually on um a a big reason i wanted to do it too was for the slim chance that we actually went on Vakin's youtube channel you can go they have a lot of live uh footage of the bands that are like the finalists for that competition that go to Vakin and play and it looks like they draw pretty good
0: yeah, dude. I mean, I have no fucking clue, man. I'm I'm a small fish out here compared to, to anything on Vakin, man. I would. Oh yeah. You know, so let, cold, matter, matter of fact, let me stop talking shit <laughs> 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 and and blowing like my uh. When this episode comes out, my bandmates will be blowing up my phone. Will shut up, man. No, um. So but going through that now, did you guys cause well I'm looking at it like this. You guys were a fairly new band. You said you only played a few shows. It sounds like they were really judging these bands based on things that I try to look at and learn from bit like, you know, you you know, I would go watch the Black Dahlia Murder as a fan, or or uh, cattle decapitation as a fan, or goat whore as a fan, but I would also look at like how they do things, you know. I would try to like figure out, like what, you know, like, 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 like these guys all have a have a rhythm to how they set up and break down and all that sort of. How the, the merch table is its own little thing every night you know what i mean and and the the breakdown of how you load things in the van and everything has a ro- has a rotation to it and there's all sorts of you know little tricks of the road that these guys do so what i'm getting at is doing that competition very early on in the band's career do you feel like in a way that schooled you guys on how to be more professional live now when you do play local shows
3: oh definitely i think so cuz uh the set itself was 15 minutes and i think you had 10
2: wow minutes? Yeah, 10
3: minutes wow
0: that's short Yeah,
3: 10 minutes to get on, get everything set up. Drums, all your cabs, your guitars tuned and all that good shit. Yeah.
0: Um, 10 minutes, I think, is what it was. Uh, that, that comp, not you, I'm not inferring you guys at all, but that competition probably broke up a lot of bands. Cause there's probably, <laughs> you know, there's like the one guy that's all ready and he's looking at the drummer or the, everyone's looking at the guitarist. You know, there's the one guy that's not ready and
2: every I, single band has that one guy. Yeah.
0: Th- oh, man. <laughs> I'm thinking about who might blow it for certain bands I've been in the past, man. But, <laughs> but all right, man. I just wanted to get inside your guys' heads about that, that whole thing, man. Because it's like I said, I, I personally have never been in a, in a band that did it, but, um, uh, it's, it's, you know, cause in a way too, it's intimidating. It's not your average, go out and play a death metal show. It's really competing as a, as a live band, man. You know, so that I, I gotta give props to you guys, man. It takes balls to put yourself out there. Now the judges too, this is what I want were the judges in some way, industry people, artists themselves or producers or anything or.
2: Yeah. So, uh, the judges that I know, one of them, uh, actually does, uh, a metal podcast in Austin, ATX metal podcast. He was one of the judges. Um, One of the judges was Skylar Harpole. He uh, works with come and take it. And he's also a a musician in a local underground Austin band. And there were a couple other guys, but they were all, uh, you know, associated with the music industry.
0: Okay. That's cool that they got local guys. It's not like some guy from Europe flying in and (laughs) looking at the local boys. You know what I mean, man? (laughs) (laughs) That's cool. Now, well, here's it's talking about local, Eagle Lake, Texas. Um, uh, coming up, man. Was it hard to go and see shows? Was it hard to go and find touring death metal or extreme metal bands? Um, and uh, you know, were there any record stores that sold sold uh, underground metal or anything like that around? Or was that a journey in itself?
3: Definitely a journey because nothing nothing comes to Eagle Lake or even anywhere close to these things. So, like, if you want to go see stuff like that, you're going to Austin, San Antonio, Houston. If you want to catch shows like that,
2: yeah, you're looking at at least an hour and a half, two hour drive to go to any shows, record store or anything like that. Mm,
0: Yeah, people for the list, because we have listeners from all over. I've 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 driven through. I'm a big fan of Texas. I've been to Texas many times um, and I've driven across Texas many times, so I kind of know how vast a state it is. Um, but for our listeners who don't know, um, tech, tech you could be on the highway for a very long time, man. Texas is is a vast state, so I can only imagine. Sometimes you see a tour coming through, and, and uh, you know, like that, like a lot of tours actually will hit three or four dates in Texas, going yeah. from the West Coast to the East Coast, man. So, I that's why I I, I asked that. Now, what about this? What about uh, if you guys need gear? What about music stores? Is there a lo- Is oh. there a good local one or?
2: No, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> anywhere you want to go. I mean from where i live i have to drive 20 minutes just to go grocery shopping yeah yeah i mean there's nothing around here you got to go to houston or austin anywhere to go to guitar center or anything like that got it got it man
0: all right and well in a way now i mean you now you're kind of speaking my language man being away from people sounds kind of nice too man but
2: oh it's pretty <laughs> sweet sometimes it is pretty
0: sweet <laughs> i'm here on long island we're very congested man like i said you can hear the train down my block sometimes but um all right cool man so Uh, Like I said, I just want to remind the listeners, Friday, April 14th, if you're in New York City, Brooklyn, Lucky 13 Saloon, Immortal Suffering, Scrap Pile. uh, Shout out to the Crippler. I'm going to check you guys out. Torturous Inception and Coronary Thrombosis. Um, uh, all those bands except the Crippler have been represented on this podcast. So you can go back and check out pr- our previous episodes. Um, also, Friday, April fourteenth, Head PE and Crazy Town in Clifton, New Jersey. Man, if, you, <laughs> if you're feeling funny that day, um, and I, what what was it, March eighteenth, is the Convalescence at um, it's the House of Blues in Houston. House of Blues in Houston, man. Yeah, man, that's cool, man. Um, I saw. I, it's just I, you know, I'm sure it's a wonderful venue, but just you know, having a death metal show at the House of Blues kind of funny. I, I saw. Uh, hate Eternal at BB Kings one time man it was a good show it's, <laughs> it's
2: just funny to say
0: you're seeing you know you're seeing that you know at BB Kings man so um uh, and you guys have a new album coming out uh, on Ossuary Ind- Industries a uh, proper underground Texas death metal label people going to keep their eyes peeped for that uh, and as we move along guys I'm just going to ask each of you to take a turn and take a minute and recommend an old release and a new release by any artist you like, metal or otherwise, EP, demo, album, anything. Just something old and something new for the listeners and me to vibe on, man. I
3: think I'll let you go first, real quick. Oh, okay. Find my new one. Um,
0: Take your time, man. It's cool.
2: Yeah, I was thinking about this because I'm I'm actually a big fan of the of your podcast of Heavy Hole, so I mean, I knew this was coming, and I'm still blanking.
0: <laughs> Thank you, man. I, I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man.
2: Um, yeah, So what well, one old thing I'll recommend is the the album that got me into metal that i mentioned earlier pantera's 101 live proof their live Mm -hmm. record they did um especially the track that really did it for me was this love because phil anselmo on the uh the breakdown at the end hits the gnarliest high scream i've ever heard across Mm -hmm. any metal album ever since it's the best uh so that'll be my old one uh for a new release I'll go with uh, one of my favorite bands in the Texas underground is a uh, architectural genocide. Some homies of ours. Uh, we've played a couple shows with them before. They're very fast, very brutal, very, very good underground death metal. They play shows uh, all across the place. Uh, they've been all across Texas. They've played Chicago domination fest and all those cool festivals. And their album, um, actually, let me look it up before I mispronounce it, and make an ass of myself. <laughs>
0: Architect- it- architectural genocide, you're talking about? Yes, sir. okay,
2: yeah, architectural genocide. Architectural let genocide. Because me- their album has one of those weird, crazy death metal names. Cordyceptic Anthropomorph is the name of their album they put out in okay. 2020.
0: Okay, man, got it, man. All right, so we'll be on the lookout for them. Um, and and the, all right, and that Panter now. I wasn't gonna go there, man. I told you guys I usually don't get too controversial, but I, I got to ask you, man. Now I'll, I'll go first. I, I own all the, all the old Pantera albums, uh, you know, with my CD rack behind me, man. You know, growing up, that was a, that was a big part of like the gateway metal uh, things before the underground death metal for me. And I did have the opportunity to see them live once at Ozfest many years ago before they broke up. I don't plan on going to see the new version of Pantera, and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it at that and just say that politely um i'm gonna ask you guys are you planning on going see the new version of pantera you can elaborate as you wish
2: i am very very conflicted on it uh one part of me wants to just because i'm other than his more uh controversial things i've always been a big fan of all of phil anselmo's projects and him Mm -hmm. i mean i have cfh tattooed on the side of my head yeah yeah um i'm a giant fan of him and Rex and all of pantera's work but i mean just the whole situation of how everything went down and now how they're, they're coming back without the brothers, man. I just, I don't don't think I will. I don't think I will.
0: Um, and and Jesse, I don't want to speak for you. Are you, are you uh, a Pantera fan? Do you have any opinion on that? Or would you like to just move along to the recommendations?
3: Uh, no, you're good. Um, it might sound a little sacrilegious, but I never listened to a whole lot of Pantera, like in my, like music histories, it wasn't like a band I listened to. But I like them. I think they're cool. I don't think I'm going to go see the show. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of their history. And I don't know, like, I mean, I know some of the controversial things that Phil has done. I'm just like, that sucks, dude. shouldn't have did that. But yeah,
0: yeah, it's
3: um, I don't think I don't think I'm going to go. And, also because I think tickets are really expensive yeah they are crazy <laughs> well yeah there
0: you go yeah yeah I was just getting around a nice way to say do, do you think it's fucked up or not or do you care I mean re- but really I, yeah I mean I'm kind of over it at this point because a lot of the stuff has come out with Phil you know the the, the knucklehead shit and mm-hmm. um, you know but at the same time I, you know I you know I can't nor would I want to go back to like from when I was like twelve years old to uh you know eighteen years old all the Pantera that that met my friends and I listened to and how how much you know particularly reinventing the steel came out when I was like eighteen and had just gotten a car and a license you know what I mean it was it's just it's one of those in. things man you know that that music's in your blood man um and you gotta just try to separate some of the some of the the the, the, the dumb shit he said and and all that sort of thing over the years man but. But pushing on, man. Um, I I had to get into that a little bit, man. When you recommend the Pantera, because it is on my mind sometimes, man. Um, and 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 you're good too for not really listening to a lot of Pantera because a lot of my some bandmates, I'm not going to say which bands are which ones, but um, consider me a knucklehead for the Pantera stuff, man. There's certain, you know, I'm I'm from a more suburban to 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 rural kind of area of new york man uh outside of the city man in in the city they don't really play that pantera stuff much but oh yeah pushing forward getting past that uh jesse um you want to give your recommendations now man
3: sure sure um definitely my old album of course is going to be the uh avenge sevenfold city of evil album because that was like the album that got me into metal in general so it's got like a special place in my heart And then uh, from there on, I mean, I went and I went and bought like almost all the. No, I did get all the albums. I've got the whole event sevenfold discography here at my house and CDs and shit. And it's very nice. Um, And then for the newer one. uh, Soaked in the Sands by Spire of Lazarus. uh, A pretty nice one.
0: Not familiar with that. Not familiar with that at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soaked in the Sands by Spire of Lazarus.
3: Yeah, it's got nice, uh, techie elements. It's uh, like a little more modern metal. Okay. Uh, Because I, what's funny about me, I think, is that I don't listen to like a whole lot of death metal, even though I am in a death metal band and I write what I think is death metal. But like my musical background is um, like more metalcore, uh, deathcore, and just like heavy metal, regular shit like that. So like I never went deep into like uh. Give me some like death metal bands that you listen to, like
2: Suffocation. <laughs> there you and go.
3: After yeah. Afterbirth and malignancy. <laughs> yeah. See, like, I, I never Talking really about heard. my
0: backyard right now, man. <laughs> yeah. Right.
3: Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah, that's my new
2: one. Uh, I've been trying to teach Jesse the ways of the old school shit. Yeah.
0: Hey, uh, man, that, I, I I appreciate it, man. But you know, it takes all types, man. And you know, I remember, uh, for I'm 40 years old, man. So for me, it was like, um. Uh, secretly not knowing the whole catalog of of death and every morbid angel album and every <laughs> uh you know every exodus album and all this thrash stuff because I like when I would have friend like in in the 90s if I had friends that were like five or six years older than me they they went through all the thrash and death thrash stuff but my generation was more like dying fetus devourment the humanized you know what I mean so it was like I kind of had to like I had to pose that stuff for a few years as a teenager until I like like really understood the thrash metal thing, man. So it comes and goes not everybody can listen to everything all the time. You know, it is what oh, it is. Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, um, and I think that's that's part of what like makes our sound really good is that um you know, me and Kyron are more into the slam and death metal and then you have guys like Jesse and Josh that come from you know, uh, not so brutal, guttural type music. Nearly. And so, like, it really influences our writing style and I think creates a lot of really cool dynamic in our music.
3: On the flip side of that, I think that also really encompasses the name Scrap Pile because it's just a pile of just Mm. everything that we listen to. And I think we bring that together in our sound, Um, especially with, like, a lot of the stuff off this newer record that will drop soon. Um, I think it's got all types of cool shit in there.
0: Yeah, man, I'm excited for it because I could tell listening to the material that is out there. Um, you know, much respect to Slam Worldwide. I'd actually, you know, I, if anyone's listening, I'd like to interview a representative of Slam Worldwide at some point. They could feel free to reach out heavyholepodcast at gmail.com um, and all the bands that are on there. But let's face it, with all the bands that are on there, you got to really like beat down Slam to listen to every single thing they put. Like it's it's a specific niche genre. So when I when I when I punched up. Uh, the Human Pavement single for you guys. I was listening to it, and I was kind of like, in the back of my head, I was like, you know, this band might just be like another kind of beat-down, chug-chug band, and I was, like, very pleasantly surprised. T- Shout out to my producer, Tom. Um, He and I listened to this the other day Uh, when I when I was over in, in his studio, man, and we were like, wow, these guys are, they are, they do sound like ignorant, guttural, pig-squeal cavemen, but they also <laughs> sound like they're doing something different and kind of, I don't want because, like, the word tech implies that it's like sterile guitar solos everywhere like it's not you know it's it, it's not flesh god apocalypse you know what i mean like but like it's like like not tech but there's a little bit of experimentation there's a little bit of something different inserted in there you know man I, I appreciate that so and i just want to bring that point to the listeners and encourage them to listen to it man so Um, like we said, April 14th in Brooklyn with Immortal Suffering, Uh, March the 18th um, at the House of Blues in Austin with Convalescence, and look out for the new album on Ossuary Industries uh, from Texas, Uh, from Scrap Pile from um, Eagle Lake, Texas, guys. uh, Anything else now that I may have failed to bring up that you want to talk about, or uh, messages to supporters and fans of your music?
2: Uh, Well, we definitely, of course, appreciate everyone that even bothers to find us if they find us randomly and continue to support us. We have a lot of love for uh the Houston scene and all the support they've given us. And we're definitely trying to branch out like we're going to uh Brooklyn for the first time and uh hanging out with the guys from Immortal Suffering. But um next month we should be dropping the next single uh to support the album and then hopefully within a month, month and a half after that, we'll be dropping the full record on Ossuary.
0: Okay, man, awesome. We're going to be looking for you guys in New York, man, and good luck with the um, the show March 18th of Convalescence down there in, in Austin, man. Guys, it's been real talking to you, man. Thank you very much. Yeah,
3: thank you. Thank you, thank you very day. much. Thank you for taking the time.
0: In. shout out to scrap pile from texas we hope you check them out um the the uh slam worldwide premiered exclusive uh lyric video for human pavement we were just watching that man that's a um you know we had mike de legendary death metal singer on the show last week yeah you don't really need lyric videos for his particular style he pronunciates a lot of the words um every once in a while you might want to check the lyric sheet man there's different styles scrap pile when you listen to that song human pavement you need the lyric video yeah um it, it's <laughs> what was that part there was one part where there's like a backup vocal there's like two voices going at the same time it, yeah and the ba- it, we thought it was like a wood block
1: yeah we were listening to it and it was so it's like one of those uh th- those octaver double effects that they use in gore
0: grind stuff but paired with the original it was pretty wild yeah it was just like like we thought it was like a little woodpecker sound like the drummer was blasting on a wood block these yeah these kids i
1: like that though i mean, you need to like experiment there is like a staleness inherently built into brutal death metal you mm. need to have some fun with it
0: mm. well i hope that you got the impression tonight that scrap pile is not your average uh caveman slam band mm. um and we hope you come and attend their show here in april with immortal suffering and all that sort of thing man be on the lookout for them big things um if you have anything you want us to be on the lookout any big things or even little things under a rock that you discovered somewhere we want you to call our voicemail the line uh the number should be in the description wherever you're listening to this drop us a uh, if you're shy you can always send us a little email have your whole podcast at com. but you know who's not shy um have your whole Uh, And for the new year, we're going to say Heavy Hole Podcast correspondent Bobby is back in the building. So yeah, we missed this voicemail from a while ago. Yeah, Bobby's always on point, even if we're not. Sorry, sorry it's late, Bobby. Heavy
4: Hole. Yeah, what's up, man? It's Bobby. On the check-in, just wanted to wish you guys happy holidays. Hope you all are staying warm and staying safe, all that good shit. Uh, First of all, I want to say that I really, really love the Reeking Aura record, fucking awesome, Blood and Bone Mill. And you probably have said so in recent episodes. i got to catch up, though, because I'm kind of like several months behind still. Are we going to get a new Afterbirth LP in 2023? I hope so. And before I get out of here, I just want to throw two recommendations your always. ways. We'll start with a new one. Uh, I actually just found out about this band a couple of weeks ago. It's the 2022 album from the band 357 Homicide. Some really straight up awesome guttural, brutal death metal. I think you probably dig it. I love their fucking drum sound. And throw an old one your way. I don't think I've ever heard a single person on this show mention this band's name, which is just straight fucking blasphemy. Uh, Palo might uh, mentioned it, but I'm not for sure. Carnivore de Prosipus from Columbia. Uh all their albums are good, but I would suggest their two thousand four, the first one. Filled my stomach with a pregnant corpse. Yeah, yeah, I love that broken Colombian English. <laughs> that shit is fucking hard. Awesome fucking pingy poppy snare sound, great gutturals. uh really good pinch harmonics, good slams. That's a fucking slam classic. Carnivore de Precipice. Try saying that five times fast, by the way. Anyway, hope you all are doing great. Love the show, as always. I'm actually getting ready to become a big fish here soon. I just got to finish catching up. And I got to go and throw my line into that and reel all those in. But otherwise, until the next time, I'm going to get off of here. And you know how many gallons of beer I'm going to drink? More than one. Ha, <laughs> ha, all right, we we're recording? Yeah, yeah, we're rolling. This man.
1: one's
0: for you, Bobby. Um, yeah, I'll drink a beer for yeah, you. A yeah, gallon, thanks. A gallon. Yeah, feel free to check in as often as you like, Bobby. Good to hear from you again in the New Year, sir. We're sorry we're a little bit late, but you said to yourself that you're a few months behind, so I feel like we're evening out here. Might meet in the middle somewhere. Eventually um, you'll hear this. Yeah, the holiday drag gets to everybody, man. We, but we appreciate you, Bobby. Um, thank you very much for the compliment. Uh, Aura appreciates it, man. We're very happy to be uh, out here doing our thing. We got some shows. I'll talk about the shows at the at the end. And there's a couple of things with Aura getting out of New York State and playing some shows that I can't announce yet. We're still working on behind the scenes. Very excited, man. Um, and for that Afterbirth question, uh, Afterbirth will be going into the studio this April to record our next album. We are recording with Colin Marston again. I'm trying to think of everything I've said publicly. Like, a, a, you know, like we announced some of this stuff at our at our most recent show and online. Um, so not to spill any beans, I'm not going to say who's doing the cover art. Uh, but we are recording it with Colin Marston again. We're recording in April. Um, Willowtip Records is putting it out, which we're very happy to be working with them. We are playing a show March the third in Amityville, Long Island, at Amityville Music Hall with Mortician which is a big deal. We're very happy to be part of that event. Uh, And, of course, Thetis, uh, friends of the show, and Bowel Erosion, friends of the show. So, yeah, um, Afterbirth uh, doesn't play live as frequently as we used to, uh, but going forward, we are going to be trying to make a few special occasions a year happen, as you can see with this Mortician event, and we're definitely recording that new album. Very excited for that. We're going to be playing a lot of that material for the new album at that Mortician show, uh, to answer your question. And uh, I, think, I think that was it for his questions and, and, re- and things I had to address. Yeah, got- Carnivore de Procipus." Yeah, car- you did it first, Bobby. So we're going to check out, let's check out that first one now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like those guys have their doctorate in guttural slam. That's it's just like everything yeah. everything is in the right place.
1: Yeah, uh, drum sound mentioned. I concur. That's a perfect drum sound for what they're doing. Yeah. You know, the vocalist, when you do those like really creaky kind of cricket <laughs> vocals, yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah. you're taking
0: a comb and like scraping the top <laughs> of it.
1: Like, how do you do that?
2: It's fucking wild.
0: <laughs> I bet you there's some that's probably similar to the little thing your throat is doing, man. The little cricket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you do something very similar, but that tone is like no, yeah, it's it's a very clean yeah. tone, yeah, man, I love it. <laughs> ah, no, that was fucking awesome. If I was in the mood for some like modern top tier slam death metal, I'd probably listen to that, man, because it just sounds like they're not breaking any of the rules. They're not coloring outside the lines, but Whoa. they're just doing what you should be doing. Whoa, guys, this
1: is slam! Don't go yeah. breaking
0: rules now. Yeah, let's not write something in a weird, dissonant, you know, tone or something. Yeah, they're they're doing what they're supposed to do, bro. It's it, I I approve. I love it. I like
1: the uh, the album cover. Yeah, like
0: it's... all the dead
1: bodies being yeah. run over by what seems to be a Jeep Wrangler. Like, like, coming that, from the beach. It's a beach vehicle.
0: It's like a waking the cadaver vibe. Yeah. You know what I mean? Definitely a waking the cadaver vibe. Like full-on guttural like but like gangster-influenced slam has like become fully self-aware. It's awesome. You know?
1: All right, let's check out this uh, carnivore dipro sapus. <laughs>
0: That was efficient brutality. Yeah, I think Bobby has a type. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's kind of like the more raw, uh, maybe older school, like, like Colombian version, because Colombian ping brutal death metal. People go back and listen to that episode we did with Paulo Paguntalan. We did ping one and ping two episodes, and we went all around the globe to different regions, and we did spend some time talking about the Colombian... Ping death metal scene. Ping obviously meaning that that snare tone of just clanging hyper blasts that that you get. Um, that sounds like very top top notch, you know, Colombian brutal death metal man. That's kind of like what they do. I I, I had like a kind of like a Mortician malignancy vibe, like a Yonkers vibe.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Well, I think a lot of the uh, the squealing guitar squealing yeah. went a long way in that yeah. tone. So. I don't know. I, I liked it. It's, uh, th- you know, this is the first reaction. I got to soak in these things.
0: Yeah. I mean, we obviously, these two bands, we didn't take the time and listen to the entire albums. We just kind of got like a little hot take here because Bobby phoned it in. Um, and if you guys have any other hot takes on these or any other things we've talked about or recommended, please leave us a voicemail or an email or a message on social media, um, however you want to do it. Um I definitely appreciate Bobby bringing these bringing these two things to our attention especially yeah. finding a ping band like this that we haven't already mentioned in the history of the podcast I think he did that what he said Yeah did yeah. good thanks Bobby 100% man and um a band that we also hadn't mentioned in the entire history of the podcast uh, the, the, in the entire history of this podcast <laughs> up till now uh Scrap Pile that's why we had to get him on here and and, and break it all down man um yeah. I want you guys to check out Scrap Pile Check out that what was that, Human Pavement, that lyric video we just Human watched? Human pavement. Right? Yeah. yeah, man. Um a talking about efficient brutality and efficient love letter to industrial concrete. Machinery. <laughs> <laughs> I love that the sample in that one song of the truck backing up. Yeah, I had to turn yeah. it off for a second. Yeah, so. I I live in a neighborhood where that you perpetually hear trucks backing up, beeping, and oh yeah, train crossing. So it's like that kind of is like a little flavor of home for me. You know, I love that as when, long as
1: it's not the police sirens go crazy.
0: Yeah, <laughs> when when yeah, that used to bug me out, man, because we used to buy. A lot of uh, mixtapes, like hip-hop mixtapes from the delis and the gas stations out here in the early 2000s. Yeah. Dipset and D-Block and uh, Max B and all the you know, uh, and a a lot of those mixtapes, you'd just be listening to some some hip-hop song and... And, like, if it was a bootleg mixtape from the gas station, they would mix in the siren, the police siren sound, like, five times louder than the rest of the music. And yeah. I've definitely thought I was getting pulled over a few times while listening to some mixtape shit. Yeah. I know but, I'm not the only one.
1: No, I, I, it's been a few times for me where I'm listening to something and <laughs> then it's like, God
0: damn it. I think Epitaigo's got a sample like that where you kind of hear like a, uh, an ambulance or something ringing in, in the background, right before this guy starts doing a little narrative about about whatever, man. But yeah, um, uh, getting off topic here though, man. Yeah, appreciate scrap pile, and I love the kind of like little blue collar nod that they kind of have to their their name and their uh, their aesthetic in a way with the brutal gore and all that sort of thing, man. Dude, scrap goes a
1: long way. Yeah,
0: man. You know? I got. Dude, I live down the block from a scrapyard. You yeah, know what I'm saying, man. Shout, you know, I've dropped guys. some copper off there before. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly, man. Yeah. They, oh man, I could tell you stories. I, like I could tell you some super allegedlies. If we ever just branch this out and I interview randos from my neighborhood, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, what's that? What's that YouTube guy, Soft White Underbelly? Oh yeah, yeah. They you got, should we'll, just do your own version <sighs> of that. Jesus, dude. If we, if we just set up shop in my neighborhood, I'd have to hire security or something though, man. South of Fergus. Just have a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Governor Hochul, I don't know what he's talking about. That's, I, I, I deny all those allegations. Um, but let's get off topic, man. Governor Hochul's got nothing to do with Scrap Pile. They're down in Texas, man. Peep them. Uh, Bobby, I, 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 was Bobby, I want to say he was from Louisiana, maybe? I forget where Bobby was from down south. It's been a while, Bobby. But uh, wherever you're from in those great open plains or those, those, those down south dirty deserts, or, or, those, <laughs> or those Midwestern, I don't know. Wherever you're from, Bobby, we appreciate you calling in and giving those recommendations, man. Um, quality, ping, snare, brutal slams that I enjoyed. Um, Tom, I enjoyed your company this evening, co-hosting with me. Dude, always. Thanks for coming over.
1: Dude.
0: And whether or not I enjoy your company or not, you may be a punisher. I will always appreciate you attending. Concerts in which my band has the fortunate experience of participating at ticket price. The next which will (laughs) at ticket price. Yeah, don't be bugging me for those guest lists. We got most of my bands. We probably got three guest list spots, and three guys got them for their girlfriend. All right, I don't. That's usually the rule with with underground metal. When you get a few guest list spots, like it automatically has to go to the guys who have girlfriends. Mm. And then if there's like say four guys in the band with girlfriends or wives. And there's three guests. Then it has to go to, like, seniority. To me, like, you
1: know. it's like if you want to have a woman in your life and not have them at every show, just make them your wife. Because wives don't go to shows. Girlfriends mm. do.
0: I, that's an astute observation. That's interesting. Yeah, as soon there's, as I got married, the cab was just like, I don't feel like going there. There's shows. exceptions to that rule, but I, I, I see the logic. Yeah, I see I, what you're saying. Globally, there. of course, you're going to find exceptions. but Yeah, yeah. Wow, man. I'm, um... Mm. Alone. no. I'm sorry, man. I bust my own balls, man. I'm self-deprecating. But listen, man, I won't be alone on February the 21st at the Meadows in Brooklyn. I'll be with coronary thrombosis, torturous inception, internal bleeding, vomit forth, and my bandmates in Exsanguinated. We are going to be supporting that event, and we're very fortunate to be doing so. Please come out and come out early. It is a Tuesday, uh, February 21st, but it's a pretty stacked lineup yeah i mean come on and let's be real internal bleeding and vomit forth all power to them love those guys
1: can you talk to chris when you see him this time yes
0: yeah i will talk to we gotta get chris mccarthy yeah
1: down. i want to say it on the show because we've been trying to get him on the show and then i had his number and then i gave it a will and then it was the wrong number
0: and then and then i texted a wrong random number saying this is will from afterbirth yeah that <laughs> was awesome who this? oh boy yeah <laughs> Um, that's definitely a Hootist new phone right there, yep. But it's Will from Afterbirth, <laughs> but uh, um, no, yeah, Internal Bleeding and Vomit Forth, beautiful bands. We love those guys. Not necessarily will you always see them playing with three other death metal bands, they're bands that have kind of like one foot in the hardcore, death core, metal core scenes. They traverse that terrain very well, they pair well with those bands. Respectfully, I'm saying this, um, but for our more um elitist death metal fans, you don't have opportunities to catch Vama Fourth and internal bleeding at an all death metal lineup often. So please be aware of that. Um March, the February the twenty first at Meadows in Brooklyn. March the third, Amityville Music Hall, as we mentioned before, Mortician Afterbirth, Thetis and Bowel Erosion. That's March the third at Amityville Music Hall, uh, in Amityville, Long Island. St. Vitus Bar in Brooklyn, March fifteenth. We're going to be there for the um Uh, movie release party of the uh, John Lambert. We had John Lambert from Noise Dosage Media on a few weeks ago. Go back and listen to that episode if you haven't heard it. He directed a documentary called Between Exaltation and Aggression, an underground extreme death metal documentary. And March the 15th at St. Vitus, we're going to be premiering this movie. And halfway through at the intermission, uh, John Lambert, myself, Uh, And John McKenty of Incantation um, will be doing some Q&A style stuff and will be interviewing John about some of his experiences. So please come down March 15th at St. Vitus um then beyond that amityville Music Hall again sunday april the 23rd getting it started at 6 30 on a sunday early uh, uh not one truth from new jersey malbolgia a brand new death metal band from long island Exanguinated. my band is going to be there we're very fortunate to be part of that and several others man please come through for that on sunday april 23rd at amityville Music Hall. And finally, um, I gotta talk about this because I'd love to see New York City, May twenty fourth. I think that's Labor Day weekend. Maybe it's the week before. I gotta check. Hmm. Dark Funeral, I. Those melodic, blackened Swedish guys. They they just do it for me. I like the band Dark Funeral. Big fan. fan. Yeah, them. I feel like I feel like they're underrated. <clears throat> yeah, I feel like Necrophobic is underrated. I feel like Fleshcrawl is underrated
1: i don't think dark funeral is underrated
0: you're right i just I, want to I talk think, yeah I, I just want to talk about necrophobia
1: yeah yeah talk about necro i just throw it out just, there
0: you're right I'm, I'm, being, I'm i
1: love their success i want it to grow necrophobic I, back then.
0: I don't think dark funeral is as big as they should dark funeral should probably be where cradle of filth is that's
1: what i'm saying i i, did I say that? that i'm yes.
0: sorry did i Okay. I uh, listen, I I'm just very uh don't mind me right now, man. Shout out to everybody. I'm just excited to see uh Dark Funeral uh with cattle decapitation. Uh May the 24th in uh New York City, man. Very excited for nice. that show. That's a cool that's a cool tour. It's a cool package. Um and I did the, the real motivation behind this little spiel I just gave this this bit I'm doing is Dark Funeral just recently toured the states. With Cannibal Corpse, Black Anvil, and Immolation. And I was very sad that that didn't have a New York appearance. They so, didn't even get close. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take it, man. So we're going to go to that. Beyond that, I have nothing else to announce. I don't believe, Tom, thanks to I'm, Scrap Pile from Texas, thanks yeah. to Bobby. You, sir. I have a, So I am going to that Decibel Metal and
1: Beer Fest. Or perhaps it's the Beer and Metal Fest. I don't remember. It, it kind of depends on your priorities. Right. So I'll be there uh, if anyone's going to that. Leave me a voicemail, and I will buy you a free beer because I already got the ticket with the free
0: beer. I'm not buying you I'm a just, beer. I'm going to leave you six voicemails to yeah. show up. <laughs> Good. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, that lineup is stacked, man. You should chat to Ian. You're going down there with Ian, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Um, I'd like to get Ian on the show eventually, too, man. There's so many I'll people. I'll have him, man. man. On the show. Yeah. He's, he's
1: rough because he's got kids. He's got I know. three kids and he's like,
0: uh, I'm trying to. He's four
1: years younger than me and has three kids.
0: I Dude, I respect. Could. Respect. Yeah. I get it. You know, as I get older, I look at people who have kids and I try to weed them out of my life. Yes, because <laughs> I just want to play metal, and these guys got to watch their kids. No, I'm joking. Shout out to all my bandmates who have kids. I love you guys. I love your kids, not in a weird way. Uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, man, I get it, man. Yo, yeah. Shout out to Ian. Shout out to the Philadelphia, the the beer and metal, the metal, and maybe it's just the beer fest. Some, some there's gonna be a couple of people who who get there and they think they're there for the metal fest, and it's just a beer fest, and they have to go home early. I will say the. I've I've done a few of these events
1: events before. Um r- running tents and shit.
0: Mm.
1: Beer festivals are fun. They're a great way to get fucked up. Um especially when you're working one. Cuz you're not limited to the uh the state uh the state pour. So each one of these like beer festivals, I think each state has if it's a festival and it's a free tasting, oh. you can only pour a certain amount of beer into each little yeah. Uh, taster. In New York, it's Snifter. probably like one ounce. <laughs> Two <laughs> ounces, dude. I used to work at Brooklyn Brewery doing yeah. pouring, and the guy with the clipboard, he would come up to me constantly. Yeah. I was like, what are you doing? You're pouring like three, four ounces. Yeah. I go, sue me. Yeah. I wasn't even working for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. New York, uh, ironically, the state with the Statue of Liberty. I'll just leave it at that.
1: Yeah. So, either way, I'll be getting fucked up over there uh, listening to sick bands.
0: And again, drunk. Sweet, dude. That sounds like a... I, I'll be doing the same thing that day. In in my bedroom alone. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm It'll so. be the first nice day outside, you know? Joking with you guys. Big Will doesn't sad drink. I happy drink. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man um but no man thanks to everybody uh tom i appreciate that man that's that's a bold offer um putting yourself out there for the listeners i'm basically just saying come find me yeah 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 come 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 see about i can
1: screen these voicemails
0: so come,
1: come see about tom all right if it's fucking dirk diggler i'm not answering
0: i it's probably like close to sold out if not sold out and i've been like very um uh like nickel and diming my time off of work for my bands yeah to, to play shows and um to go away and things like that for things coming up that i haven't announced so i'll see if i can get to that man it's just tough because i do work on weekends sometimes and taking off of work i work my job because they work with me when i got to go on tour but i gotta i don't want to abuse that man you know all these sure, underground yeah. musicians know the deal um because i'm not I, you know before I, I i before i i am i inferred that you were doing nerdy things when you're engineering the, the computer work on this show I am. Yeah, but I'm the guy stuck at a 40-hour a week job punching in and out asking for time off to play my death metal. So I it, it goes both ways. I've I pre- gotten six work emails yeah. s- since we started recording. No, those today. are the, those, yeah. those, those those are all the six emails for me for from the beers. Years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Philly. So listen, man, whatever you do, blue collar, white collar, no collar, cutting off the collars and sewing them back your on collar, like Tom does. Yeah, fix it up, man. Yeah, we love you, man. Check us out. Hole podcast, patreon.com, heavyholepodcast at gmail.com, uh, or the voicemail should be in the description wherever you're listening to this. Uh
1: 3274
0: Wow, right off the top of your head. He didn't even read that from somewhere. Mm-hmm. He just has it burned into his memory yeah. from this season of this the, the, the a few seasons ago on Heavy Hole Podcast. I burn. I I forced him to read that out at the end of every episode. Well it's
1: like when you're getting hit by a car, you remember their license plate. Yeah, you know?
0: and then I then I coincidentally had to find new co-hosts yeah. soon after <laughs> that. All right, but shout to Justin all day. Uh Justin always doing the artwork you see on social media accompanying the, these um uh these episodes and doing other behind the scenes things, man. We love Justin. Uh shout out to all my other co-hosts, man. You're gonna hear them in the rotation coming up. And uh shout out to Scrap Pile one more time, man. Tom, I, I was that it? That's it, man. Okay, that's the last one.